Welcome. We're Jackie and Brian, and this is As the Ice Cream Churns. Together, we founded Ample Hills Creamery, one of the most beloved ice cream brands of the last decade. Then we lost it all. We filed for bankruptcy a day before New York City shut down due to COVID-19. Now, someone else owns Ample Hills, and we're out of work. But we're ready to start over. Come join us for an exploration of what went wrong, and more importantly, what comes next. Our guides are close friend, Debbie Rosen. She created the cracked cookies in our hit flavor, salted cracked caramel. When she's not baking, she's a therapist. We thought she could help us navigate these troubled waters. Let's get started. Hey, Debs. Debbie. Hey, welcome back. Jackie and Brian missed you guys. So good to see you again. Yeah, we missed we missed you. We missed doing this podcast with you. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while, and we have lots to catch up on. Why don't we start with the big news? Da, da, da. The big news. We're back. Um, this week, March 16th, 2021, we signed Elise on a new shop, a new location, new, um, new company. Um, and it was exactly actually a year to the day, to the actual day, which is bizarre, March 16th, 2020, when we filed for bankruptcy at Ample Hills. Um, the new shop um, is it's called The called. Social. The Social. With a lowercase t, capital S. <laughs> That's right. Um, and Focus it's, on the word social. Correct. Um, it's in Prospect Heights, two blocks from the Brooklyn Museum, in the same neighborhood where we actually got our start. Um, That's right. That's right. On Washington Avenue and St. John's. Well... That's definitely full circle. Um, what's the significance of the name and why, you know, what led you to choose it? Well, so um, I think when we first started, you know, thinking about this new company and, and it's, we talk about it at the beginning of every podcast, actually, uh, if it's Jackie and Brian's or Brian and Jackie's, we, we were talking about perhaps calling this new shop, you know, Jackie and Brian's or Brian and Jackie's. Um, but we couldn't decide which. No, no that's not we, why. we pretty much decided it was Jackie and Brian's. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it ultimately really just felt, um, I mean, part of, well, part of the reason why we were attracted to it was the B and J, the J and B, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's, yeah. which is why that was, to Brian's point, wanting it to be Brian and Jackie's because <laughs> mm-hmm. of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Um, because there are idols and we, um, so there was, there was, there was a nod to Ben and Jerry's with the idea of calling it by our, uh, names, but then ultimately it felt, um, just a little bit too self-absorbed for what we, we Mm -hmm. ultimately wanted to create. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just kept eating away at us that, that it would be called our names and it was just you know it was why we never called ample hills brian and jackie's or jackie and brian's at the time and so we hit upon the social and you know the reason for that is that ice cream socials uh were always such a huge part of the american past and sort of american popular culture and that word itself social uh has so much power 
and so much beauty. It's, it's, it's almost like the perfect word for this moment in time. Uh, I mean, it, it defines sort of being human, the, the connections and the interactions uh, that we have. And coming off of this pandemic in which we've had to socially distance ourselves from each other, we just felt like to call it the social was to sort of stand on the rooftops and scream, you know, no more. I mean, obviously, we'll continue to, you know, apply by what Dr. Fauci says and, and, and the CDC. But um, we wanted to basically say, uh, you know, come back together and, and be together. And, and, and also ice cream socials as a, as a specific um, entity, they were uh, parties, basically. They were uh, parties and gatherings, but parties with a purpose. And so organizers uh, would use ice cream as the means to gather people together to raise money uh, for a local charity or a cause, whether it was a barn raising or a schoolhouse or a library. It was an effort to use something. You know, they didn't have Brussels sprout uh, socials. You know, they had ice cream socials and people used that sort of power and magic of ice cream uh, to bring people together. And that was uh, what we wanted to sort of capture uh, with the name. And also just that use of the word social as a noun um, we use social as an adjective with social media and social distancing, but the social as a noun is, is a happening. It's an event. Uh, and I think that that's what we really wanted. And yeah. And so, I mean, you know, one of the most important happenings is going to be once a month that we're, it's going to be baked into or churned into, if you will, <laughs> um, what the social is all about is a, a custom ice cream flavor. Um, once a month, we'll be churning a custom ice cream flavor um, that will support a cause that'll be created and named by customers and that will serve in the shop um, for that month as well. And um, it'll benefit um, a specific organization. I mean, again, like Ample Hills, this name brings in the community um, rather than Jackie and Brian. So it makes sense to me that that's what you came upon yeah no exactly i mean it's it's it is that connection i think during this time obviously you know during the pandemic we've all felt a bit isolated i mean and then of course we also lost you know a part of our lives that where there were you know major connections as well and so you know um it's just we all yearn for that and and that's what we're really really hoping the social is you know going to do it's going to bring us all back together in um really profound ways because we've now all collectively experienced this sense of isolation and you know what it means when you can't be social and how important that really is right now so now that you picked the name what's your vision aesthetically and culture wise for this shop yeah, so I mean, the social is going to have more of an urban feel than, say, Ample Hills did, you know, with the, you know, rolling green hills, which is reminiscent of Ben and Jerry's, which we love, which is beautiful and pastoral. But this is more of an urban feel, more of a Sesame Street vibe, where we're focusing on the people as opposed to, 
you know, the the landscape essentially yeah. and the, the and the farm animals, animals right? <laughs> and um, you know, and the whole idea also is just that you know we're really into magical realism and that feeling of like you know walking through a porthole and seeing you know a whole other world or perhaps you're hanging out on your stoop and you're dreaming of chocolate rivers and you know that you know that magical sense that we believe ice cream brings you you know into you know that you're transported to when you have like that flavor of right yeah i mean it's the way ice cream can transport us back to our childhood and to that world of imagination and uh, you know where everything's possible where you can fix the world's problems or or uh, you know just have a, a absolutely magical afternoon so we want to be able to capture that in the aesthetic and and we've hired a fascinating and incredible new illustrator that's going to um, design um, the sort of murals and the flavor signs and the logo and the, the visual look of the shop yeah she she's got a real um you know evocative way of painting and drawing that 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 brian and i were very attracted to um that feeling of emotion and sense of movement um so excited yeah that's gonna be great i mean it sounds new and exciting what about the ice cream well, the ice cream itself, yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I put on about 10 or 15 pounds in the last six months. Yeah, so six have months. I. It's really annoying. <laughs> um, I've been COVID making a lot 15. of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's all research. No, um, I, I mean, the fascinating thing about having, you know, run Ample Hills for a decade and having, you know, designed and created every last one of the flavors at the beginning, obviously towards the end, there were a lot of people involved and, and, and I wasn't in the, um, I wasn't in the kitchen or in the factory making ice cream on the floor. And I got, I got pretty far away from the actual creative process of the making of ice cream and the formulation of recipes. And I think that, you know, as a company, uh, and me personally, I feel like maybe we got a little complacent um, with just sort of the way that we thought of ice cream and whether or not we were working on the base recipes and, and, and always striving to, to do something different. And so when I went back, um, you know, in the fall uh, and I started to make ice cream again at home and thinking about new flavors for this new concept, um, you know, I started with just duplicates of things that I knew. And then I started to really question, well, does it have to be this way? Could I change this or that? You know, and like w- one of the things that, um, you know, I was excited to do was, uh, you know, and it seems like a small thing, but we removed the eggs from the ice cream. So, you know, this is a technical thing, but eggs are, you know, in all of the basic ice cream recipes at Ample Hills and at a lot of shops. And um, I decided I wanted to make what's called a Philadelphia style ice cream, which is an eggless ice cream. And the, the eggs do two things. One is really, really great, and one is not so great. And the not so great thing that eggs do is that they, they cloud the flavors of the, uh, the rest of the milk and the cream and whatever flavorings you, that you have. So if you remove the eggs, you get this pop of flavor um, that is obscured to some extent by the custard nature of the egg yolks, right? Uh, the great thing that eggs do is they provide texture. They're an emulsifier. And so they give the ice cream a chew, a body, a sense of there, there. 
um, that's really hard to create when you when you don't when you pull the eggs out. But I've been playing with all of those different the ratios of the milk to the cream, the kinds of sugars that we're using, and the kinds of milk powder. And I've hit upon and found ways to make that ice cream have the same density and the same chew that we had before. But the flavors are now. Uh, popping in exciting new ways. And so that's been really fun on a really specific sort of scientific way on, on just getting back in and, and creating uh, ice cream flavors like that. I mean, we've now got the 2021, 20, 22 flavors that we're going to open the new shop with, um, and we've been playing with them. And, and over the coming uh, weeks and months, we'll, we'll roll some of those out for you and, and, and share some of them. I'll just, uh, you know, do you want to do you want to tell anybody about any well, of Well, I first I just want to say something about his yeah. chocolate ice cream. Oh. So like I am not a massive chocolate ice cream fan. I'm I'm just, you know, that's not my thing. My my favorite flavors that we made were ooey gooey and um and uh, um pistachio um but mm. anyway, um he made this chocolate ice cream and we taste tested um, against a couple of different brands. I'm not going to mention who they were, except one perhaps might have been a recipe that he created prior <laughs> to the social. Um, and I mean, it was amazing to me how incredible this chocolate was, um, how much better it was than anybody else's chocolate, ba both on like a density level that you're talking about, but mm. on a flavor level. Like you talk about like transporting you back. Like I, I literally had to like, make him take the pint out of my hand and put it back in the freezer because I was going to eat the whole thing. And again, I'm not a chocolate person. So I was just like, oh. anyway, well, so that's you. my, <laughs> it's called, that's my um, chocolate yeah, ice cream. Our plug. basic chocolate flavors will be called chocolate fudge. And, and uh, we used to call it dark chocolate, but I, I really wanted to capture that feeling that, you know, when, you know, it's summertime and you get a big slab of fudge at the, at the fudge shop, I wanted that in an ice cream flavor. How, Brian, do you plan on keeping um, connected to this process and not get away from it the way you did with Ample Hills? Mm, that is a good question. Um, I mean, I just think it's, it's important to, um, I, I think because it happened before, it's not going to happen again. And just as an aside, I think about a company like Graders. Uh, Graders is in Ohio. And um, they're a hundred plus year old company, sixth or seventh generation, all been in the same family. And for decades and decades, they stayed just very centrally located in Ohio. Um, they have 30 or 40 shops, but now their pints in the last five to 10 years can be found all around the country. Um, but as they grew and they start and they make a ton more ice cream than we did even at the end at Ample Hills, um, they never built out a giant factory like we did and changed the process by which they made the ice cream by moving to what we call the continuous freezer operation. They still, they still, they still, a hundred years later, make ice cream two and a half gallons at a time. They just do it with 30 or 40 two and a half gallon machines next to each other. It's insane. Um, but they've done that because they didn't want to change the way their ice cream was made and their connection to it. And so, to me, uh, I'm going to sort of use that as my, um, you know, uh, model moving forward. So I, uh, I hear there's going to be donuts. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you could tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we just felt like we wanted to, um, you know, 
change uh, change it up a little bit and not just have um, ice cream and you know one of the big reasons was you know at Ample Hills we we opened it uh, what noon yeah and mm -hmm. you know we just we wanted to be able to open earlier in the day and um, you know sell coffee and uh, and donuts and then um, you know from my point of view even more importantly in the afternoons to take that donut and put it underneath a scoop of ice cream and pour hot fudge and whipped cream over it and have like a signature donut sundae. Yeah. I mean, I think it also comes out of like the fact that like there are, there are a couple of like inspirational, you know, donut, you know, companies that we, you know, I mean, I, you know, with fan fan aside, cause I love Fanny Gerson's donuts. Don't even get me wrong. I love, 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 love them, but they're, they're, um, but they're complicated yeah. <laughs> and we, and we can't do, you know, complicated donuts and ice cream at the same time, but just a simple, um, cake donut, um, a simple apple cider donut. I mean, warm is just like heaven to me, absolute heaven. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, Brian's been working really hard also at, you know, making those donuts. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I've been doing a lot of frying of donuts. Yeah. I haven't got that mastered yet, I, I can say, but we've still got another three or four months yeah, before he's we close. open. So he's close. He's close. But time. you know, I'm, I'm his biggest critic and, and, and he's close, mm. but no, he's not yet. We have not recorded for six months and I'm just wondering, you know, during that time, personally and professionally, what's been going on? I mean, I obviously know what's happening now professionally, but right. there's a trajectory here. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the last time we recorded and the last time we, we you know, put out a podcast was just about the time that we um, had to file personal bankruptcy. Um, and that was, again, based on the, the, the massive amounts of, of loans that uh, we had taken out and personally guaranteed for Ample Hills. Um, you know, there's still, there's still debt in Ample Hills that we personally are liable for. So it, it's, it's really been a hard time for us. Um, it's been, um, challenging. There are some really dark days, you know, um, just seeing what was going on with the company that we created too, and still living in Brooklyn and being within a, you know, 10, 20 minute walk of each one of those shops and it, it being a really hard, um, hard time, I think, just to, you know, continue to be, be here, um, you know, and not having a clear um, path forward um, at that point and just grieving the loss of, you know, again, it just really really mourning um, and grieving the loss of, of a part of our lives, you know, that we were, that, that we were hoping to, yeah. I mean, um, I, I hear the, the grieving part. Did you both take time to unpack the relationship that you had with the business and Ample Hills and think about what you wanted to do going forward? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, it was, um, we, we did, we spent a lot of time trying to, yeah, know. I think you, you know, maybe more than, than me, I was ready to like, <laughs> I mean, I just, in general, yeah. I was like, let me pour ourselves back into something new. And if we could have opened a new shop a month after we lost Ample Hills. Then so, 
I just want to say that's kind of like jumping into a rebound relationship, yes. which crashes and burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I see, and that's so interesting, right? Because the way I have like approached relationships is like, I still keep things from my previous relationships in what? boxes. What? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> No, next. but I'm like, seriously, but it's true. Yeah, okay. Uh, next question. No, but He's I would just say that, um, you know, I, I think in hindsight and in retrospect, the timing of opening the social is perfect. It's been a year. Um, we, gave, we gave time to it. But at the time we did the last podcast, we had told people, uh, I think at the end of that podcast, um, that, you know, we would be back in a couple of weeks, uh, we hope to, with an announcement. Because at that time, we were we were days away. We, we were convinced we were days away uh, from signing a lease on a new location in uh, Park Slope neighborhood of Brooklyn. And we had fallen in love with this space. We'd fallen in love with the landlord. Um, we spent months yeah. trying to negotiate this space. And, um, you know, we were just we were so excited about it. And um, and and I and I um, it, it's still hard now to understand really what what happened. But basically, you know, lawyers got involved and there ended up being some things that just couldn't be worked out and the deal fell through. But we spent, I don't know, three or four months, um, it, you know, going down that path that, um, you know, I, I think you know, in hindsight, it was probably part of the process we needed to do to distance ourselves from the immediacy of uh, of, of losing Ample Hills before uh, before opening. But that was a, a pitfall along the way. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it was, but it was also another <laughs> devastating loss. It was quick, but it was a devastating loss because I was just like, oh my God, you know, we just lost, you know, this company and now we kind of were pouring our emotional energy into this new space, this we got, that we got very attached to. And then it fell through last minute and, um, and it really hurt. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is like, you know, a big lesson. This is a, a little bit of salt in the wound mm -hmm. now, but like it forced us to say, okay, you know, it's, you know, we've got to get over it and move mm -hmm. on. You know, there's not much else we can do except, you know, um, pick ourselves back up and figure out another, another, another yeah. space. And with this new space that um, you're talking about, did you have as much emotional attachment to it or was there um, a mm. lesson in the fact that it you put so much into yeah. the other one? Not, not at first. In fact, uh, the space was available back when we were obsessed with this other space in Park Slope. Uh, you know, I mean, and I remember seeing pictures of it then and I was just like, yeah, you know, but because uh, no, I, I absolutely not. Now, I mean, we have the same connection to yeah. it, mm -hmm. but it just it took a little bit of, of time to do that. And I think that um, I mean, look, you, you have the idea of you can't get connected with to a space, I think, is a, a little bit of a simplistic way of looking at it. I mean, 
I don't think you can allow a connection to a space to have you make bad business judgments. Right. Like maybe we did at Ample Hills with that, that beautiful house out in Los Feliz <laughs> in California. Yes. But you do have to love a space. You have to pour yourself into the space because um, customers can tell. I mean, you know, if you're just opening, because otherwise you're just a chain. You're just mm. a McDonald's or a Burger King. I mean, like you, you do have to love and care and, sure. and, and, and believe in a You state. do. I mean, they have to check certain boxes, obviously. And financially, you know, that was what we did wrong with that space in L.A. Um, but, th- you know, this, this space at first didn't do that. But then it, it, it just so 100% does right now for, you know, I mean, definitely check the financial box, yeah. which and was like, you know, really important. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the exciting things that the 7th Avenue location in Park Slope would not have allowed us to do that this new space on Washington does is it allows us to have a show kitchen, That's a right. kitchen that is very much in line with the original Vanderbilt Avenue location at Ample Hills where we made ice cream and people could watch us make ice cream while they stood in line. This is going to have a kitchen that's about twice that size but it will be fully on display um, for people to, to see and for kids to look into and I, I just think that's something that um, you know I really do think is important I mean both to my mental well-being to not be in a basement <laughs> making ice cream but also to, uh, to the customer experience of, of sort of seeing uh, the narrative yeah you know all this is going on during the pandemic and you've had a lot of time to think about what you know how you wanted to pivot did you always think brooklyn was the place for you to open another shop <laughs> no <laughs> i mean well, i i say no i mean he uh, says no. i um you know so there's some there's some marital conflict there i think that when <laughs> we um you know came through and we were doing the podcast one of the exciting things about it was some of the folks that that got to hear the podcast and reached out to us i mean the the support that we've had within the ice cream community and the sort of wider community has really been um, uh, really powerful and has kept us going uh, in a good way one of the folks that reached out to us um crazily enough is from a a company in uh, pennsylvania uh that had an ice cream company and they were looking uh, for help in growing it and uh, and building it into something you know wider and and further than the than the rural area that they were in and so uh, they had reached out to us and um, and we were suspect because you know that was a huge thing to move to Pennsylvania but we thought we'd go and drive and enjoy a, a pretty afternoon and meet with them and we did and we really fell in love with them and uh, and their ice cream shop and and the area and we went back and boy for you know a month or two um, I mean we spent a weekend we took the kids there we saw the schools that they would have gone yeah. to um, you know we we ate at the restaurants and and um, you know I was ready to do I was ready to do it because it was in some of those dark days before we really had a plan or any sort of financial means with which to open a new business and uh, the pandemic was raging and I just you know I grew up in South Florida and I love the idea of a pool in a backyard and um, grass to roam in and 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 all that and um, you know, it was it it was it was tough because uh, I think I was ready to do it uh, and to go and and sort of take on this other uh, business and use the tools that we 
that we had. Uh, it to... was it would look it was really alluring. It was so it was so affirming, honestly, too, just to have people you know really you know care about us you know just and and ha- put their their faith in us and want us to be a part of their business which you know after all we'd been through was was personally for me i you know i've just been grappling with self-worth you know over these last you know and just you know worth in in you know in lots of different ways i guess but so having them reach out was just wonderful and then building this relationship with them was wonderful too and you know trying on living in the the rural you know parts of pennsylvania was interesting for me but i think that's where it stopped for me i mean it was hard you know because i knew brian really was attracted to that lifestyle um and for for the kids as well as myself, I think we're just so, we're so Brooklyn. We're so like New York city. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it, and it felt sad to me. Honestly, the the biggest part was just feeling sad about leaving uh, Brooklyn, having seen all these people, you know, make a massive exodus, especially at that point, you know, and you know, everybody knew that school was going to be, um, remote so that they could go anywhere they wanted to. And, it would be an easier transition and i i just it felt wrong it felt mm. bad um yeah no i mean i i i i felt that too but i just i i mean i felt just um like i wanted this escape hatch you know to this um you know not that i would just have my feet kicking up and drinking margaritas by a pool but it just it did feel like a, an escape from the uh, some of the urban uh, chaos of that. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, it was what was eating away at me too was just the idea that it wasn't it wasn't ours. It was, you know, it was somebody else's ice cream company. And, you know, no matter what kind of imprint we could put into it, I wasn't sure that we could be successful um, with our creative energy not um, trying to be in conflict um, with that. And so at the end of the day... Um, Christmas time uh, came along, and uh, I got Jackie a, a mug, a coffee mug. I got her some other presents too, but she got a coffee mug that said, "Not many." <laughs> what? That um, well, that's true. We had the bankruptcy, but um, a Brooklyn <laughs> okay. Forever, a Brooklyn Forever coffee mug, and so we just said, "You know what? We're gonna do this." Um, and you know, hell or high water, we'll f- figure out a way to stay in Brooklyn and rebuild. Okay. So you turned down Pennsylvania with no official plan. Um, I do see a pattern of following your instincts, despite the fact that it may be a harder road. Mm. So what was the plan at that time? Well, I'm not sure that we had a plan specifically. What we figured we would do was we would go to friends and family and try to cobble together um, money to open up a new shop yeah well we had we had cobbled together some yeah some of that yeah and you know ten thousand dollars at a time here and there and we had put together um you know about half of what we needed to open a shop and we figured okay if we've got half we can get a lease signed and use that momentum to try to cobble together the rest of it but we didn't we didn't know 
that we could really get there but we just believed that um, we would just keep trying and and we would keep at it and then you know I think um, well, you were so I was uh, you know I, I mean and I was still kind of going through I, I mentioned before like my this feeling of like worthlessness right <laughs> like just that we had failed as business people and so I was like okay you know I, I need to start to figure out what we what we did wrong what you know what we're going to do better this next time before we can kind of move on like i that was really really important to me so i just started pouring over all of these business books i mean i i'm still pouring over them actually but um but a, a lot of them you know i would just you know re- research and i'd be up late at night and i'd be on instagram and in facebook or wherever and just you know reading various people's recommendations and at one point, I think I was up at like three in the morning and I just couldn't sleep. Um, and I was scrolling and I saw this opportunity arise, which was to be a part of this, you know, pivot group. It was free and anything free at this point in our lives is really quite wonderful. Um, and it was, um, you know, it was being taught by, a, you know, seasoned, two seasoned business people and a facilitator who was really, um, is really wonderful. And, um, and so I started that pivot course, which, um, you know, ultimately, um, the facilitators introduced, um, us to, you know, another, it was, it was for entrepreneurs, right. And it was about, you know, taking, you know, entrepreneurs, um, and, and trying to figure out what's the mindset of an entrepreneur and how do we, you know, pivot in this time period, right? Everybody's looking to, to basically do something new or to figure out how to do something that they really want to do. And so um, anyway, one of their um, associates and friends and mentors um, was this very seasoned entrepreneur um, who they had, you know, um, offered to introduce me to, um, to mentor us, you know, and to just go to, um, speak with this person, um, and, and get some advice about what we wanted to do. Yeah. And we, so we met him, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, the first time and, uh, you know, completely under the auspices of, of just, uh, talking through where we were at in life and what, what our process was. And, um, you know, and I think at the point when we met him was when, we were considering the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's... And uh, we sat there and we talked to him about Pennsylvania. And I remember he was, uh, he looked at me and he said like, well, you know, cause we talked about how we were going to go to Pennsylvania and then we were going to come back to Brooklyn, you know, in, <laughs> right. um, you know, two or three years, uh, and try to start up something new. And he said, well, if you're going to go to Pennsylvania in order to come back to Brooklyn, uh, why don't you just stay in Brooklyn? Like, what what's the point of going to come back? That's you know, right. and it was such a silly, simple kind of question, but we didn't really have an answer for it other than um, you know ease of life. And he said, "Well, you know, that's fair enough. I mean, I get it. Like, if you know, you just want something that is easier, that's okay. But you know, as you said, like you know, we've rarely picked the easy path, and I and I just that that really helped crystallize for us this yeah. sort of. Uh, desire to not just choose what felt uh, luxurious or easier and and um, try to s- tough it out uh, and so we met with him a couple more times and and it was really helpful and and, and, in, and engaging and interesting and then um, you know we got a call from him 
And, uh, you know, at this time we were still trying to, um, you know, cobble together the money. And, um, and he just said, um, you know, that he'd talked to a partner of his and the two of them that wanted to come in and, um, and invest if we would, if, you know, if we would have them and, you know, and, and he was interested in, in putting up all the money to open up this new shop. And, um, you know, we would have creative control of the, you know, the day-to-day, you know, creativity and, yeah. and business. But more importantly, uh, he would be there as, a, you know, a financial guardrail and, and somebody with all of this uh, entrepreneurial. Yeah, I mean, and, and he, he also went through a massive bankruptcy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so there was that. I mean, and that was, I mean, that was actually part of the reason why, you know, the facilitators of this pivot group had wanted me to meet with him because like, okay, well, we know this guy and he went through this intensive, but, you know, he's come back, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and you can come back too. And it's just like, okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why he was really taken by us and our story, because I think he saw in us something of him in his younger days and, and some of the mistakes that he made. But then people gave him a second chance and he, you know, built, you know, big businesses after that. And so, uh, you know, I, I really um, it certainly is not, you know, one of many, many, many reasons uh, why things went south at Ample Hills was, you know, because we didn't have enough people around us along with, you know, my own boneheaded decisions, but, you know, that had entrepreneurial experience. We had a lot of investors around us um, who had a lot of investing experience, um, but not entrepreneurs who had built other businesses. Um, And so, you know, the board now is going to be made up of four of us, you know, Jackie and I and these two other uh, people, and both of them... um, that's all they've done is they've just they built businesses uh, and successful businesses and run them, and so it's uh, we feel just incredibly grateful that uh, you know for them and for their excitement and energy uh, and trust in in our process, and I think that you know over the you know we're just I mean we're just so excited about what's next and so um, you know I think that over the coming. Uh, weeks and months. Uh, I mean, we're we're recording this here towards the end of March, and um, we're hoping to open the shop at some point uh, this summer, and hopefully in July. Um, and uh, so, over the coming weeks and months, we'd like to record some new episodes. If you're game, Debbie. Of course. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, walk people through the actual journey of the the how to. I mean, the you know, some of the boring stuff of talking to contractors and architects and uh, you know, designers and just the the building out of the shop and the designing of the more flavors. And so, I think you know, that's the that's the plan. Yeah, I think it's great. I definitely look forward to see how everything unfolds. Thanks, Deb. Cool. Yeah, thanks. We're looking forward to it. We're excited, and um, and in in this journey, even though it's basically <laughs> ten years later um, uh, from the first journey that we took, um, it's uh, you know we're we're doing it um, with with much uh, more experience and um, and a different view. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it's any less um scary mm-hmm. or <laughs> or a little ex- less scary a little bit maybe yeah. a little bit yeah. more scary though mm-hmm. i'm going to tell like tell right. you that because um but it's exciting. 
It sounds like your antennas up in ways that it wasn't before. A hundred percent. Yes, right. antennas are up. Um, well, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon then. Okay. Thanks, Deb. Bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Debs.